This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Second and two here, though. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off, and no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown. I mean, when when that happened... And they took a 27 to nothing lead, and it was still just the first half. I just kept thinking about some of the Cowboy friends that I have and how pumped up they were and how much they thought this would be different this year. You know, Dak had played at a near MVP level. The defense was playmaking. You know, they uh, – two home games before the 49ers. I don't think any of them expected that they would go to Santa Clara in an NFC title game and win, but there was certainly expectation that for the first time in 28 years, they would win more than one playoff game. And that thing was over so quickly. First of all, Denton, I did not like the game. I didn't give out the game. I didn't play the game. Uh, I thought the point spread was kind of right. I knew that there would be more Dallas action for sure. There always is. But the sharp action on the game was completely split. um, And I just didn't like the game at all. The one thing I think you and I talked about last week was just Green Bay with a healthy Aaron Jones. Would they be able to run the football? And if they could, 
then maybe you know they could create a game. I forget what was your who did you pick in this game? I was on the Packers plus seven. I gave that out on social media uh, as well. I just don't trust McCarthy. I, I just I, I don't. There, there's nothing about him that I trust in the postseason, and it was on display. They looked like because they were so good at home this year. I mean, they look really good this this weekend, but like different kinds of good, right? They were so good, and they made like we saw in the first drive. There were two penalties for eight yards, but those two penalties helped Green Bay walk down and score. It just never changes with this guy. No, never. Uh, they had, you know, the opening drive, you know, it was second and 10, and, the, and Jordan Love got sacked, and there was an illegal contact on Bland, and that created a first down. And then even at second and 13, then, you know, they they missed uh, Love, and he makes the play to Dobbs. Um so uh, there, there's so much to this game, and we'll do Dallas and Philadelphia. If never eleven twenty-five, sorry, thirty-five, thirty-five. So we've got uh, twenty minutes here to to, to kind of go through the games from the weekend. Um, look, for me, it was really simple. Uh, number one reason that the Cowboys not only lost, but lost in embarrassing fashion, a game that they never had a chance in from the jump. You know, down 20, 14 nothing, 20 to nothing, 27 nothing, 48 to 16. They were down 32. I mean, that final score of 48 to 32, which is a 16 point deficit, which in the NFL is pretty large, was nowhere near a true reflection of how badly they got beat in the game. But the number one culprit for me in the loss was Dan Quinn and the Dallas defense. It was an embarrassing performance. So a couple of things. Number one, Dallas all year long, one of the vulnerabilities they did have was stopping the run against teams that really wanted to run it against them. You go all the way back to week three, Arizona rushed for 222 yards. James Conner, they bullyballed him with the run in that game, and Dallas lost in week three on the road. Uh, Buffalo ran for 266 in that you know demolition of the Cowboys uh, in December, 31 to 10 in Orchard Park. That was the big game for James Cook. I think he rushed for 179 yards. But there were other examples. Uh, I remember I had the Panthers against the Cowboys, which did not work out, plus the points. But the game was 17 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, in part because. Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders were running the ball at to, to the tune of five yards per carry against that Dallas defense. The 49ers obviously did whatever they wanted to do against them. Um, and the Lions a couple of weeks ago ran the ball well. So that was their vulnerability defensively at times this year. And that's where I think it all started. It started with them not being able to, to stop the run. Aaron, by the way, Aaron Jones, who was out for a while, here are his last four games. Just something to keep in mind going into the San Francisco game on Saturday night. When he came back from injury, his final games of the regular season were 21 carries, 127 yards, 20 carries, 120 yards, 22 carries, 111 yards. And then on Sunday, 21 for a buck 18. He is rushed for 476 yards in his last four games, that is 5.7 yards per carry. He gutted 
the Cowboys. They dominated up front. And off of that, here comes the play action and the throws. And my God, did Jordan Love make some throws. He made some throws off of one foot, off of both feet. It's funny. The Favre-Rogers-Love style, especially against pressure and blitz pressure, you know, off back foot, off both feet. Um, got to have the arm strength. You got to be able to throw with anticipation for sure. Um, but everything worked off of their ability to gut them up front. This was a mismatch coaching-wise. Dan Quinn has been a good defensive coordinator in this league. Look, he got the Atlanta Falcons as a head coach to the Super Bowl, and they had a 28-3 to lead in that game in the Super Bowl, as we remember. Um, but on Sunday... Matt Matt LaFleur was chess to to Dan Quinn's checkers all day long. Scheme, formations, motions. Not to mention, as Doc would put it, manhood issues up front. Um, I I read this stat yesterday. 54 snaps Green Bay had. Okay, just keep this in mind. They only had 54 offensive snaps. And they rolled up 415 yards, 41 points, because seven came on the pick six by ex-Terp Darnell Savage, who, by the way, was the player that Washington wanted in the Dwayne Haskins draft. Um, 41 points, 415 yards, 7.7 yards per play in 54 yard in 54 offensive snaps. That is ridiculous production. Uh, they averaged 9.2 yards per play on first down. They had seven first down runs in the game of eight yards or more. It was an absolute gutting of the Dallas defense. And then the, the, the throws, have you ever seen Actually, two games this weekend, the Houston game in the first half in particular, and then the Dallas game. Have you ever seen receivers more wide open off some of the action than they were in the Dallas Green Bay game? I mean, Dobbs, all of them just standing there wide open, not one Dallas defender in the picture. It was an embarrassing display on defense. They ran at times in in some of their action at Micah Parsons to hold them. Uh, Dallas never adjusted. But, oh, the the stat that I saw that I wanted to to relay, uh, if you didn't see this, on the 54 snaps defensively, Dallas was in nickel or dime on 48 of the 54. At what point does it occur Maybe since we are getting absolutely bludgeoned at the line of scrimmage, we may want to get a little bit bigger here and stop that first. By the way, we've said this before about Aaron Jones, Denton. He's an underrated back. I know people, football fans, know how good he is, but he really has explosiveness. He's got incredible vision. He makes people miss in short spaces. And having him back for this game was a big deal. Uh, A big deal. Um, But for me, number one reason the Cowboys got obliterated 
on Sunday by the Packers, a seven seed at home, uh, was defense. Was Dan Quinn being completely outmatched, outsmarted, outwitted, um, and then and their defense being completely manhandled and outplayed uh, by Green Bay's offense? But I'm not taking Dak Prescott off the hook. I'm not taking Mike McCarthy off the hook. But this was not a Dak Prescott primarily loss. This was a Dallas defense loss, in my view. But on Dak Prescott, so some of this is just, you know, kind of observation and opinion, and some of it is factual. My opinion is this. When they deferred and Green Bay took the ball and went down the field in seven on a seven-minute, 54-second drive and stuck it into the end zone for a 7-0 lead, I thought he came out onto the field looking a little bit tight. Now, the first third down of the game, he makes a really good off-schedule run to move the chains. It's a hell of a run. It's a hell of a play. But the next third down, the first big throw – of the game down seven to nothing was that throw to CeeDee Lamb that people were saying was a drop. It was not a good throw. It was choice route underneath third and seven. It should be easy pitch catch because he's impossible to check from that that spot on the field. And the ball was thrown too far outside. I, Lamb could have made a great catch. I don't know if he gets the first down if he makes the great catch. But it should have been pitch, catch, move the chains, and now we're in business to try to go down and make it 7-7. to Instead, they ended up punting it. Um, Then he throws the pick on the next drive to Jair Alexander, which... I don't know, man. I'm. I'm not. I've not. You know. I, I won't. Uh, I'm not breaking down the all twenty-two of the Cowboy game, but I know he was throwing not for C.D. Lamb against their best corner. So you got your number two or your number three in tight space against their best cover corner. I'd have to think that that's not where you were supposed to throw the ball. It's a great interception. Don't get me wrong. I bet you it's the wrong choice. And then on the next drive, they're down 14-0. Now he's really pressing. And you can see it. I saw it. We've seen Dak feel it in some of these spots before. Kind of like Romo did in some of these spots when he was a quarterback. Really good quarterback. Romo, really good quarterback. But there's there's a certain level of pressure on the Dallas quarterback, you know, especially when you've got a team where there are high expectations. And they've had a couple of them that tend to have, you know what, shrivel up a little bit. And that next drive, they are in clear-cut field goal range, and he takes a sack. Panics, leaves the pocket early, takes a sack, and they've got to punt the ball. And it was at that moment I'm like, oh, my God, they aren't going to win this game. I mean, they have been unstoppable as a front-running team on offense at home this year. And now they got to punt it back. They can't even get three to sort of stop the the blood early bloodletting here, and he takes a sack at a field goal range. Then he stares down Savage on the pick six, and it's twenty seven to nothing. Uh, look, I thought he looked tight. I thought he looked rattled, and sure, this is true too. 
when your defense is as bad as defense as Dallas's defense was, and the game gets sideways because now every single they score on every drive for the most part, and you're down double digits, and now it puts that pressure, that game pressure on. Oh my God! If we don't score on this drive, we're going to be down twenty to nothing, twenty-one nothing, or twenty-eight to nothing. And he didn't handle it well. You know, he's a good quarterback. He had a hell of a season. He now has a history, or at least a recent history, of being a bit of a front runner. In their 12 wins this year. So opinion, sort of feel, I thought he looked tight. And I thought it got the better of him. Uh, The defense still the number one reason they lost the game. But I went back and looked at this yesterday. In the 12 wins they had this year, they never trailed in eight of the 12. In three of the other four wins they had, they only trailed briefly, and it was never by more than seven. In fact, in, in two of them, it was by three. Like, they were down to Washington 10-7 to seven in Week 18. You know, hardly a pressure spot in that moment. All right? Um, but they were never down by more than seven in three of the other four wins. And then the game that there was severe game pressure where he actually delivered in a big way was when they were down by eight in the second half at home against Seattle, and they came back and won that game 41-35. to They also took the lead against Miami. I'll give them credit for that one, too, on Christmas Eve when they were down by nine. He left the field with them having a lead and never got back on the field because Miami whittled the clock away and kicked a walk-off field goal to win that game. But for the most part, the games they won – They just weren't overly pushed from a game pressure standpoint, score, etc. When they got off to leads, they rolled. They annihilated people as a front runner this year. When they didn't get off to leads, for the most part, they lost the games. And on Sunday, there was immediate game pressure because of how bad the defense was, and Dak did not respond very well. He didn't. You know, that game could have been more competitive. Maybe they don't win that game with anybody at quarterback because of how bad they were defensively. You know, but you had to match them. The The pressure of being down 7, being down 14 was, look, if I'm really that guy, we got to score on this drive. I can't take a sack in field goal range. I mean, I have no idea what that that play revealed anyway. It may have revealed somebody wide open. I think the Jair Alexander pick, it's going to reveal C.D. Lamb's got man coverage. Um, And if he's bracketed, that's fine. Uh, But you can't throw it to your number two or number three receiver against your number one corner. And it wasn't a great throw to begin with, and it was a great great pick. But, you, you know, the one you cannot say, even if you agree with me, that Dallas's defense was far and away the number one reason they lost that game. You can't say it wasn't Dak's fault too. It, when you when you're down 32 in the fourth quarter at home <clears throat> against a seven seed, you know it's everybody's fault because McCarthy was completely outwitted too by Joe Barry because offensively they were not sure. Could have been Dak. But I thought, you know, 
putting the stat padding numbers to the side, throwing for over 400 yards and three touchdowns, that was all stat padding. I mean, we know stat padding when we see it. When you're down 27 nothing, or you're down 48-16 to and you still lose by double digits, if you don't complete that comeback, it's stat padding. Dak wasn't anywhere near good enough to keep the game within reach. You know, it's a big decision for the next coach, and I think there's going to be a next coach. McCarthy's got to go. Right, Denton? He's got to go. He's won 12 games three straight years. I understand that. But they lost at home as a higher seed in the first playoff year, and they lost. They didn't just lose. They were embarrassed beyond what we typically see in an NFL playoff game for a home team as a seven-point-plus favorite. Uh, they were embarrassed. They got their doors blown off by a seven seed at home. He's one and three in the postseason, and the only win was against a fading and a not very good Tampa Bay team last year. It was against the Tampa Bay team last year where Tom Brady was done. He was rumored done. to be hooking up with Kim Kardashian. That That's the team they beat last year. I mean, I would personally like it if Mike McCarthy stays there. I think it'd make our lives a little easier moving forward, but I'm stunned at least by Tuesday now that he hasn't been fired. I thought Jerry Jones was going to fire him in his own um, his post-game press conference. I thought one of the dumbest comments of the weekend was, and I don't have a problem with Greg Olson. I guess we get Brady oh, next I, year. In the I know exactly team. what you're saying. I couldn't believe he said this. Yeah, about McCarthy, if he's available. Yeah. Gre- Greg Olson late in that game. And I understand the players and coaches and their world and protecting and not, you know, calling for somebody's job. And it and it wouldn't be Olsen's job as the number one analyst in that moment to call for McCarthy's job. It is his job, I think, in the moment to bring it up and question, you know, this puts McCarthy on the list of potentials for sure. But he went full sort of, you know, protect each other mode when he suggested that if Mike McCarthy gets fired, there will be a line of teams waiting to hire him. That is so far of a reach for me. It seems completely way off to me. I mean, especially given the number of veteran coaches with much better resumes, Belichick, etc., um, that are out there, Harbaugh. Um, I don't think McCarthy's getting a sniff in this hiring cycle. I- I'd be stunned. And I thought that Olsen probably, because I think he's a bright guy, and I think he does a decent job with Kevin Burkhart. I guess we get Brady and Burkhart next year. I think that's what we get next year. Um, but I think Olsen probably would look at that and say, yeah, that was probably a bit much. If Mike McCarthy gets hired to be a head coach in this hiring cycle, if if Jerry fires him, I'd be shocked. There can't be any desire to hire Mike McCarthy. First of all, his teams are completely undisciplined. They've been the number one or number two most penalized team for the four seasons he's been in Dallas. And these penalties have hurt. Number two is he can't get them over the hump. Look, would I want somebody as a head coach, given what we've been through for the last 30-something years, to uh, win 12 games a year and get us? not saying that their organization is the Stephen, Will McClay, etc. Um, 
but man, there's no there's no line for Mike McCarthy. I mean, I don't think so. That was that was playoff humiliation. And that's got a Jerry Belichick, Vrabel, Harbaugh, a slew of perceived top notch assistants who are out there in this hiring cycle. I gotta think McCarthy's done. I am surprised too that it that it hasn't happened yet. But Jerry, one thing we've seen with him over the years, he is patient and sometimes overly loyal. And 36 wins in three years is, you know, nothing to to to, to certainly sneeze at. It's just that was that was bad on Sunday. Um, we'll check on all the Cowboy fans out there at some point. Uh, all right, we'll get to Philly. We'll get to the other games next hour. PFF's Brad Spielberger next. We'll talk about some of these coaching openings, what he thinks will happen in Dallas, what he thinks will happen in Washington, and a lot more. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 to Team980.com. We are also live and free on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.